Yay. Let's do it. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order. Then we talk about them uh, so that you don't have to watch these movies, so that you get a feel for it yourself. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm well. We had a very lazy day today. We were both very hungover. Yeah, if I sound off, which I think I already do, it's because (laughs) I'm crazy hungover today. Yeah. Hollow weekend gets the best of you. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to be celebrating Halloween in style by talking about this movie, Moonstruck, uh, 1987, was it? What was the year? You have it up right there. 87. 1987. Uh, And then next weekend, we'll be talking about the one and only Vampire's Kiss. I can't... I can't wait. Very excited. (laughs) I can't wait. Very excited. (laughs) So the way we like to uh, start this podcast is just kind of give a brief overview, and then Hannah's going to jump into some behind-the-scenes stories. Uh, I found found a lot today. She apparently found some gold for this movie. So uh, (laughs) as I mentioned, the movie is Moonstruck, and I think we said last week that uh, this was a Cher movie. So this is one of Cher. Yeah, this is one of Cher's big roles. It's like a romance movie. It's not really... I don't know how else to describe it other than yeah. that. It's so, a romantic movie that is set in Brooklyn. Yes. And it's very, they're Italian. It's, yes, thank you. <laughs> so it's leaning ethnic. <laughs> it's it's very, hey, it's all about family. What are you doing here? Come on. This is <laughs> New York. <laughs> so uh, it's a lot of that. I think I said the year already. Let's talk about the ratings. Uh, so this is actually the highest rated movie that we are that we've watched so far so it's a uh what did we watch last week raising arizona was a close second to this Mm -hmm. so you've got some of the numbers up there and i remember the uh, tomato meter being 93 Mm -hmm. what else do you have there the popcorn is that the so the popcorn is an audience rating so the tomato meter is a critic rating and the popcorn is a uh, audience rating so please hold no problem. So, uh, yeah, so 93, uh, Raising Arizona was 91, and... Uh, we do IMDb. IMDb. 7.1 out of 10. So that's actually kind of middle of the pack for IMDb. Um, and then I remember seeing the Metacritic, uh, the Metascore or something, which is also found on IMDb. And that was in the high 80s, uh, which is the highest rated that we've seen. Not a lot of movies have a Metacritic score. Um, that's kind of IMDb's response to the critic rating uh for rotten tomatoes i think so um yeah it's something in the something in the high 80s there and yeah it's pretty pretty well rated so we'll we'll just leave it at that we don't have to slave over it (laughs) uh so yeah so next up let's talk about nick cage where where is he at in this time in his life oh my god um so I forget what movie it was that we watched, but there was a New York Times Times article that they did like an expose. Oh, not, not New, New York Times. I think it was in LA Times. Yeah. They did an expose. I think it was in like 84. And right. I, wait, I, I waited until 84 to share that article. Right, right. So this one was written in 88, but okay. it's about Moonstruck. So huh. I think that we should talk about it. Yeah, Absolutely. So if you recall in the 84, 86 or whatever year it was, this man makes so many movies that who knows what year it is. Um, In that article, they said that the defining quality of his apartment was the marine life where he had an octopus friend. 
Oh, <laughs> the octopus. Oh, my God. I already forgot that he had an octopus because this man yeah. is so weird. Well, I don't know if the octopus is still alive because this reporter doesn't mention it. And I feel like that I mean, he talks about his apartment. And I think that if if you walk into someone's apartment and the first thing you see is an octopus, you're going to mention it in in your article. Yeah. But what kind of what does it say about the apartment if he didn't notice the octopus? <laughs> So right. how much other weird it's crap just must be called, in there? It's just an art deco apartment Okay, is how they're referring to it. It has an exotic bug collection. And Live a, bugs? Uh, it doesn't say. Okay. It doesn't specify. Um, and a massive stone lion's head on the mantle. So that's it. That's that all a- that he mentions. That adds up, though. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like him having... It's like the LA Hollywood version of having a deer head on your wall. Gotcha. Yeah. And bugs, naturally. And bugs. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. So th- basically, oh, it's a fe- Okay, so the the um, reporter is a female. Her name is Christine. So I guess she shows up to Nick Cage's apartment and does press with him. And he is talking about how he's a newfound sex symbol. And it's surprising to him. It's honestly um, surprising to everybody. Shocking. <laughs> Let's see. He the article starts by him saying, "I feel like there's a big wet fish slapping itself against the inside of my head right now." What? Wait, huh? What? That that's a concussion. That's what a concussion <laughs> is. So he's concussed. <laughs> well, he acts like it. <laughs> yeah, it, he just says like a lot has changed in the past few weeks, and I don't really know what to make of all this intention I'm getting from this film. Yeah, I don't know like uh, what this movie did at the box office or anything, but it's so well rated. It's because it's a share movie. Yeah. So let's take a deeper dive into how he got this role. Please, what do you got? I mean, so obviously for all the Coppola movies, we know how he got the role. Nepotism. It's nepotism. But you're go- you're going to lose your shit, Steve. Don't tell me. Cher think- saw Peggy Sue. What? And hand selected Nick Cage to play this part. From, from his performance in Peggy Sue. He did a screen test. The director absolutely hated him. And Cher insisted wow. that he should play this part because of his performance in Peggy Sue. That says a lot about Cher. <laughs> that says you know a what? lot I really like Cher. Cher and now I'm not sure if I trust she her judgment. She has horrible judgment <laughs> across the board. How could you? How could I don't know. Wow. I so thought yeah, you were going to say mean, Valley Girl. What was it? He got a movie from Valley Girl. I forget. There's we watched. Some I know. This is our 11th movie, by the way. So thanks for sticking around for the first 10, folks. Yeah. Congrats. You made it you this survived. far. <laughs> we haven't. Also, I looked into some stats earlier this week. We have two listeners in the UK. So, <laughs> That's so cool. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, in this article, like, this is a very long article, but yeah. it, it, he mostly talks about how things are changing for him you know it's it's right. the beginning of his career but it's also like the apex of his career and just it there's the world is his oyster at this point in time and he's getting all these parts because no longer nepotism it's because mm. people are seeing him in movies and really enjoying his work he did mention that he didn't want to be in this movie um okay. He said that he wanted to make the kinds of movies that are essentially punk gestures. And he thought that he would never pay money to see a film like this. Um, 
He doesn't enjoy sweet romantic movies, so he decided Christ. that his follow-up film to this movie had to be Vampire's Kiss. Wow. So he selected that knowing that this was going to be like a little bit emotionally too much for him to handle. <laughs> Let's see. I mean... I saw the one bit yeah, on there. There's a few. There's a f- Should we just go into the movie and then I can... Pepper him in. Pepper him in. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. So we're going to go Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene, as we typically do. Oddly enough, he was second build in this movie, but he didn't really get that many scenes. I think total, he was, I have eight scenes here, but uh, I think total, because three of those are just like the same day at his apartment, they just kind of cut back and forth. So it's really only like four or five scenes that he's actually in. So, so not a lot of costume changes. Yeah, not a lot. Unfortunately, yeah, he he does have a few pretty good wardrobes in, yeah. in this movie. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, so yeah, the movie starts and they start playing "That's Amore" right off the bat, and the moon hits it, and we're like, oh my god, like it's really cheesy. We're like Italy. <laughs> yeah, like hey, it's Italian. Come on, what are you doing here? And we're Italians in New York. You Italians. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that line from Spider-Man One, <laughs> where the Green Goblin gets defeated by a sense of community in New York. This is New York. You mess with one of us. You mess, you mess with, with all, all of us. So it's a lot of that. Uh, Cher. We find out that Cher is a re- relatively recent widow. Uh, her husband of a few years had died, so she's in her late 30s, and she's uh, seeing this other guy, and this other guy proposes to her uh, at dinner, and he proposes really oddly. He's like, hey, marry me, why don't you? And she's like, she's hey, like, okay, how about you Where's the ring? Get on your... And give me a ring. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this is a nice suit. I'm not going to ruin my suit and get on my knees. And, <laughs> and the people in the restaurant are seeing him get on his knees, and they're like, oh, he's going to ruin his nice suit. <laughs> oh, he's going to ruin his suit. Oh, my God. So they get engaged, and... He's like 60. He's He looks old. Uh, he says in the movie, I think he said he's 45. No and, way. And she's 37 or something I'm like pretty that. sure the actor was 34 years older than Nick Cage at the time. <laughs> Was they're third? Supposed to be oh brothers. yeah, and they're supposed to be like five years apart. Or so something. Nick Cage, one filming this was twenty four. Right, I f- I forgot that he was so young. Still. Yeah, and Cher yeah. was older. Yeah, good for Nick. Good yeah. for Cher. Good no, no no not good for Cher. No. She picked this man to be good for movie. us. <laughs> no good for nobody. Honestly, this movie was crazy boring. So I'm really gonna uh, try to spice it up. But this movie was so. Boring. I think it's ju- it just didn't age it as really well as age. I wanted it to. Yeah, I. I said halfway through the movie, I was like, I can't believe that this came out after Raising Arizona. It's because, they just don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah, like just you sat, don't get mm. rom like romances anymore. Unless it's with comedy, unless it's a rom. Not even any. I feel like you don't even get good rom coms anymore. Yeah, like the era of good rom coms ended. Well, that's what a lot of people were saying. Like Crazy Rich Asians brought back the good era. It, d- of, it did. Yeah, of good. It was rom-coms. very nostalgic of yeah. other. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about this. Yeah, well, because this movie's so boring that I want to talk about literally anything else. (laughs) Oh, I love Cher. (laughs) Yeah, I know you do. But so right in the beginning, so yeah, so they're engaged. Where were we? Right. (laughs) I'm so hungover. They got engaged. (laughs) They're engaged. And he's like, hey, listen, my mother, she's sick. I'm in Italy. I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to go take care of my mother. We're going to get married. You need to call my brother, Nick Cage, the one and only, 
Uh, we haven't spoken in five years. But you need to invite him to the wedding. But can you, you need to invite him to the wedding. I don't know how long I'm going to be in Italy. I might just like come back and, and go right to the wedding or something. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what their plan is. They're like, we'll get married a month from today. And it's like a month from today, I guess and, maybe and it was different. And they're so older. So she's a widow. Right. And she said that for her last wedding, she kind of just went to City Hall. And this mm-hmm. time she wants to do it for real. Right. So how a could month. she plan this in a month? A month. <laughs> So, Cher is also looking a little worse, uh, worse for wear, as they say. She's got some gray hairs. It's it's intentional. Yeah, yeah, it's intentional right. in the movie. And she's got, at one point, she smiles. And maybe it's Ooh. because we had, we're like, we have high-def TVs. And it wasn't meant to be seen on a high-def TV. She smiles and she's got a real, like, fake it's dead like tooth gold. in there. Yeah. <laughs> and Hannah's just, Hannah just goes, ew, her tooth. <laughs> and so, that's glaring at you and then nick nick doesn't have good teeth he's got he's got one missing he's got yeah anyway so her brother the her soon-to-be brother-in-law is nick cage she calls him they're estranged and she call he works at a bakery so the first scene we see him it's just the back of his head he answers the phone he's like i don't want to talk to my brother something and hangs hangs right back up so the very next scene is her walking into the actual bakery and now they actually speak to each other and again he is jacked out of his mind. For no reason. And he's, he's a baker. He's so oiled up in this, too. Yeah. He's so oily. And so he's wearing nothing but oil and a, and and a, a, wife, wife, a white wife beater. A white wife beater. uniform for all of these movies. And white gloves. Right. And he has a tattoo. He's got a tattoo of a lizard, a lizard on, his on his shoulder. So, <laughs> God. And his hair is just about as wild as it was in Raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah. He does slick it back later in the movie, so it's you know it's supposed to show that he's working hard in the bakery, just shoveling coal into the uh, ovens and, and stuff. There's no cause for him to be that yeah. in shape. Yeah. He's eating bread all day. <laughs> yeah, so we find out, I guess, sort of why him and his brother are estranged, and he starts to take off oh his gloves, God. and he's got a wooden hand. So one of his, he got one of his hands stuck in a, a bread slicer or something, and his hand got Because severed. his brother distracted him yeah. while he was slicing bread. Right. And so his wife or something, his girlfriend at the time, left him. So his life has been in a downward spiral, I guess. And he has this whole monologue. Oh, it's such a long monologue. Everybody in this movie monologues. They just go on these <laughs> long, dreadful stories oh but it was so good but yes at the end of the monologue he does have a real good scream he starts screaming i lost my hand i lost my pride i lost my wife i lost this i lost that and he's just screaming and then then yells at Cher and is like you have your hand yeah Yeah. he's like you have your hand you have your life you're getting married soon freaking monument to justice i lost my hand i lost my bride johnny has his hand johnny has his bride you want me to take my heartbreak put it away and forget so I, yeah i wrote in big letters on my notepad here boring just oh. this movie was so boring to me no. so but and while he's doing his big monologue thing too he's like slapping dough around and stuff like that and he's shoveling more coal and i don't know Anyway, so she's like, hey, can we go talk? So they go walk to, or I guess Nick Cage lives, lives above, the, above bakery. the bakery. So they go they go up to his apartment, and they're talking, and they're playing opera, because Nick Cage is apparently obsessed with the opera. Well, he said that there's 
Oh, we'll get to we'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) I know where you're heading. And she's like, "I'm gonna make you a steak." And he goes, "I like it well done." And she's she's like, like, "You're gonna eat it bloody. You're gonna eat it rare, and you're gonna like it." (laughs) (laughs) And he's like eating the steak. He's like, "Oh, this is good." And he does this thing in every movie that he has to eat something where he consumes food as if it is the first time he's ever seeing it and knows it's also going to be his last. That's the only way I can describe it best. Yeah. Like just just with audio. Yeah. You have to watch it. Yeah. Or or go back to our episode on uh, Peggy Sue Got Married because he really does it in that movie. Oh, my God. He, He squints his eyes closed and shoves that food into his face. So in this... So weird. In this scene, which... I know where you're. I know something you're gonna bring up here. Uh, so Cher is telling him, "I know what you are. I know you. You're a wolf. You know, you're a wolf. You, you, you're a loner or something." She's again. It's this long monologue, and she's like, "And then you got caught in the wolf trap that was the bread slicer, and you had to gnaw your own arm off just for your own freedom to be a lone wolf or something." And he's like, "So oh, there's I'm not this a wolf. whole symbolism the entire movie with the. I mean, it's called Moonshot uh, moon, with yeah. the moon. So." I don't know, you have to allude that, you know, the wolf is howling at the moon and it's a full moon for the majority of the movie and people get crazy during full moon. So everyone in this movie is a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Everybody um, cheats on everybody in this movie. Yeah. There's no fidelity in this no, movie. There's none. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, knowing I- that. Should I? Go yeah, ahead? I can see what you have on your computer screen and it's killing me. I oh want to know God. what it says. So, knowing that, Nick back in Peggy Sue decided that he didn't want to just speak like a normal person, that he had to have some type of interesting accent because he's an interesting guy and wanted to draw inspiration from Gumby and also a John Stamos like pantyhose pantyhose commercial. I don't even remember. So going into this movie, he knew that there was a theme that involved wolves and the moon so Nick Cage expresses desire to speak like Marius in Beauty and the Beast. What? Who's Mar- Marius in Beauty and the Beast? Is that the Beast? I'm so what? uneducated. <laughs> it's the original Beauty and the Beast. So oh, it, not the Disney animated. Yeah. Okay. So the live action. So mm. Jean Mar- Marius, or I don't even know how you say this. I'm mm-hmm. the worst person ever. Um I don't think people just know that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he played the Beast in that movie. Okay. And he had a very growly and gravelly tone ah. to his voice. Okay, so he was So Nick Cage said that he thought of his character in Moonstruck like a wolf who spoke with a growl. Oh, my God. So he started talking like that in the movie. And then he got a call from the director. And the director was like, Nick, like this isn't working. So he had to just quickly drop it and then throughout the filming of the movie i mean he does this shit all the time where he thinks that he knows better than everybody else and apparently like he and the director didn't get along very well because go figure go fucking figure (laughs) christ okay well that was a little bit less interesting than I thought it would be, but still. I I mean, what a weirdo! What a weirdo! You're absolutely I, he's right. just a normal guy in this movie. There's n- nothing at all that would ever make me think that he should be speaking like an animal. <laughs> well, it's because of the whole monologue about "oh, you're a wolf, you're a lone wolf" or something. <sighs> yeah, I know. And then, yeah, so he's like, "You don't know me. You don't know who I am," or something. And he stands up, and he throws the table 
Like he like really pushes that table over, grabs Cher, plants a big kiss on her, and she like kind of pushes away a little. But then she goes back in for another kiss. Like I don't understand why these two hook up. They just no, because they have there's a, no reason. Ta- there's no reason for them to hook up. It's so, her fiance's brother. Her, her yeah. his estranged brother yeah. that she went to talk to and has spoken to him for maybe like an hour at this point. Right, right. So he picks her up, like cradles her in his arms. What does he say to her? Yeah, he I got, says I got weird shit, <laughs> so, carrying her into so the bedroom. He's, he's like, uh, <laughs> she's like, where are we going? And he just shouts, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, why did he stub his toe and they just left that in? It's like, "Son of a bitch!" And then he goes to the bed. Like, he screams son of a bitch and then normally says to the bed. Son of a bitch. No, he didn't say to the bed normally. I remember being like, what? Eh, it (laughs) doesn't matter. To the bed. To the bed. And then, so of course they bang. (laughs) And after that, they kind of cut away to Cher's parents who, her dad is cheating on her and uh, cheating on her mom and this whole movie is yeah. more about Cher's parents and her aunt and uncle than it is about Cher. there are so many <laughs> scenes with Cher's parents and Cher's aunt and uncle and Cher's grandfather there's a whole scene where she... so Cher's grandfather uh-huh. fun fact cut a lot of tension between Nick Cage and the director <laughs> that's what this article has talked about wow well I guess somebody had to yeah so yeah, like the grandfather's whole thing is that he's this old Italian man and he's got five dogs. But there's like a whole long scene where half of it's an Italian and it's just him and five other old dudes standing around a grave. And they're just standing there talking and monologuing. And he's got all these dogs. Like, who cares? So, the, so all of the parents are sitting together and they're talking about the moon. And so the next time we see Nick Cage is it's the middle of the night, him and Cher are sleeping together. And then like one of them gets up and goes, oh, look at the moon. It's a full moon. Great. It's like these people have never seen a full moon before. Right. Yeah. So there's that. How often do they happen? Once a month? Yeah. Every 28 (laughs) days or something like that. So yeah. Then after that, like I said, these kind of three scenes are all really just one scene because they're still in Nick's apartment. So it's the next morning. And Nick Cage, out of nowhere, is just like, I'm in love with you. And he goes, I love two things. I love two, two things. Two things in this world. You. In this cold, dark world. You and the opera. <laughs> it's like, why? Cher yeah. and the opera. And Cher's like, no, we can't see each other anymore because I'm marrying your brother. I'm still going to marry your brother. We can't do this anymore. And... She, she says, you can't come to the wedding because then, you know, she said it'll be too weird for her. And he goes, well, why don't, if you come to the opera with me tonight, then I I'll won't leave you come, alone. I'll leave you alone. I won't come to yeah. the wedding. So Cher goes and gets her hair, the gray taken out of her hair, and she gets a bunch gets of makeup. It's all fluffed up. She yeah. looks like a little poodle. Oh, my God. Her hair is massive in this she movie. She is poodling it's out. Huge. <laughs> it's that Hollywood hair. There's something in the water, I'm telling you. It's the 80s, <laughs> Everybody in Hollywood, their hair goes way up. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, so they're at the opera, and he's wearing a tuxedo, so another really good outfit for him. Uh, he's looking good, except when you get a zoom in on him, and he's got a full unibrow uh, that we noticed him <laughs> in, in this opera scene. So he's so janky. Looking. He's so janky looking. Like he's not an attractive man from the neck up. He's a sex symbol right now. That's so weird. 
But so she shows up with her new hair and he's all like, oh, your hair, your dress. Oh, thank you for everything. Like, because she looks good, I guess. And they hold hands throughout the opera and they're getting close. And then who else is at the opera? But of course, her father with his mistress on his wife. Yes. So there's kind of a bit of a confrontation there. And there's another scene where the mom is at dinner alone, but she calls over this guy who they have dinner together, and they don't actually do anything. Nothing came of that scene. Nothing came of it, and it was just like... Why they kept it in. They were just talking, and then everybody's cheating on everybody. Who cares? So, after... It's a full moon, man. Everyone's crazy. That's true. So, after the opera, they're walking home from the opera, or they they stop at a bar for a drink, and then they walk home. And then... uh, share monologues nick monologues share monologues again and it ends with (laughs) it ends with nick saying talking about how like he's talking about love and the idea of love and loneliness and togethership and all that crap and he's like the storybooks are bullshit he always screams on the curse every time he screams on the curse (laughs) oh wait he does something in this yeah and then he goes (laughs) such a weird choice now i want now i want you to come upstairs and get in my bed it's just get. Get in my bed. <laughs> I was like emphasizing different words in that sentence. Yeah. yeah. Get in my bed. Get in my bed. Get in my bed. Get in my bed. And get in my bed is definitely the weirdest one of the phrasing weirdest <laughs> that you possibly yeah. could have chosen. It's very aggressive. <laughs> and get in my bed. So it's assumed that they bang again. And Cher goes home the next morning. And finds out that her fiancé's mother, which is also Nick Cage's mother, made a miraculous recovery. So her fiancé came back from uh, Italy early. There's a running gag where her fiancé keeps forgetting his luggage, which is just not funny. It's funny to think back about how not funny it was. But so he's... uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah, it's the next morning. Yeah, and he's... Oh, there's just a real quick throwaway scene where he's... They show Nick Cage just listening to the opera in his own apartment. So so everybody shows up to Cher's parents' house, and there's a whole big confrontation type of thing about how, like, you know, the father's cheating on the mother, but then the grandfather saw the mother with this other guy, and then the aunt and uncle, who are, like, the sweetest human beings in the world, and Cher forgot to, like, deposit a check for them, and they come over all worried. But, like, again, nothing comes of that part of the story. And so they're all kind of sitting around waiting for the fiancé to show up. He, he said he was going to show up that morning because presumably Cher's going to break up with him because everybody knows that she's seeing somebody else. And then Nick Cage shows up. And uh, he's like, I'm here to meet the family. And it's like, oh, God, here we go. And they all have a big confrontation. Hannah once again says, why does he eat so weird? Because he's eating a bowl of uh, oatmeal. And so Cher calls off the engagement. And then immediately Nick Cage goes, hey, Cher, will you marry me? And she's like, yeah, where's the ring? And once again, where's the ring? And he borrows the ring that his brother used and then they all just pop champagne and they're celebrating they're like hey you're part of the family now come on in oh and then and then and then the movie ends on this really long shot of these old people 
Oh, yeah. Like, not people from the movie. It was like a picture. It was a photograph on the wall. Probably of like someone's grandparents. Maybe like the writer, director, somebody's grandparents. And then That's Amore plays again. That's Amore once again. <laughs> and then that's it. That's the movie. He's in like four scenes. It's very like emphasizing how blue collar everyone is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Like the, the problems that they're facing... I don't think the movie was really about their financial struggles, though. No. Yeah, that's true. Or it wasn't about, They didn't like, really classes. even have that many financial struggles. No, they Everyone were fine. Everyone was fine. Yeah. What was the movie about? <laughs> <laughs> I just told you. I just gave you all the scenes. <laughs> yeah. This movie, it was, like Hannah said, it really doesn't age well. And um, not for any reason. It's not like... They- they make racist slurs or anything no, like that. It, it just doesn't it's age. It's just well. of a time that yeah. is different. Yeah. So I I've I wrote down here, which I forgot. I keep forgetting to ask you. Would you ever watch this movie again? I can't believe you're thinking about it this I think much. I think my mom really likes this movie, so uh, maybe I would like watch it with my mom. Gotcha. So that would be my other question is would you ever show this movie to somebody? My mother. Your mother. <laughs> yeah, somebody who's obsessed with Cher, maybe. I, don't know. I do love Cher. Maybe yeah. if I wanted to watch Cher's anthology, <laughs> I would have to watch this again. This and what, what was the other one that you mentioned? Oh my god, she's been in some stinkers. Oh yeah, stuck on <laughs> burlesque you. was burlesque. That's what I'm garbage and uh, stuck on you. Yeah. <laughs> Where Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon play conjoined twins. She was in Cher the new Mamma Mia movie. Oh my god, which That's I got right. halfway through. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, let's do some Nick Cage awards. Alrighty. Uh, let's start with the best supporting actor. There were five dogs in this movie. Do you want to go with that, no. or do you want to give it to Cher? It's okay. Take your time. I mean, I do love Cher. Maybe I'll give it to the grandfather. The grandfather. I really appreciated him. Well, at least if he, uh, you know, made things easier on set. That's yeah. Great. Wait, let me read that. It, it's actually kind of interesting. It says that the that Nicholas Cage threw a chair at another actor. Christ. And then Cher was threatening to report the director to the Screen Actors Guild because he kept them through lunch one day. <laughs> so the grandfather walked into the room and told everyone to calma, calma, calma. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that scene, or after that, the rest of the cast behaved themselves and just finished up what they were doing. Jesus. <laughs> God. So we'll All give right. it to the grandfather. Grandfather, best supporting. What else have we got here? Uh, best uh, costume. Yeah, best dress. Do you think it was the tuxedo or the beater that he's worn a million times with the white gloves? Mm, I think the combination. I think the tuxedo with the, with the wooden hand. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, the wooden hand, by the way, it was very clear that he was just wearing a glove. That yeah, he was look. like making a fist and then under the fist well, was the fingers that He probably, out. no, had his fingers in the finger holes, but it was oh, just you like, think? yeah, like just kind of wooden. Like, just a wooden glove. Yeah, just, like, a wooden hand, like a prosthetic, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he would also, like, bend his wrist and stuff, and you could see, like, the bottom of his hand. So <laughs> yeah. you know that, like, at least part of his hand is there, so maybe he lost... Well, he just chopped his up, fingers off, right? I don't know. It's not really explained. Or it was explained, and I wasn't paying attention, because those monologues were so long. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So, best dressed is the tuxedo with the wooden hand. Yeah. All right. What do you think was the worst Nick Cage scene? 
So there was a throwaway scene or two that was maybe when they're looking at the moon or when they just show him listening to opera. He doesn't yeah, even say anything. Yeah, that one. Okay. I like that one. That's probably my uh, my vote as well. Uh, the best scene. Worst scene, best scene. Best scene is not the first time that he's seen, but the first time that Cher meets him when she goes into the bakery and he's in the basement shoveling coal and just loses his mind. Yeah. The the <laughs> reveal of him having a wooden hand was pretty... That was pretty Epic, great. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> uh, that's good. So let's see. The best screen. That sim- same scene. Same, same scene where he goes, I lost my hand. Yeah, okay. that one. Freaking monument to justice! I lost my hand! I lost my bride! Johnny has his hand! Johnny has his bride! You want me to take my heartbreak, put it away, and forget? And then, because uh, there's mo- no there's no cause for him to be yelling. What right. I like, what I what I really enjoy about this podcast, <laughs> and talking about the best screams, is that it's always unnecessary for him to be screaming. Oh, yeah. Whenever he screams something that we deem is the best. <laughs> Other than like when he's in agony or yeah. something like that. But when he just shouts a word, you know that he made that choice himself because yes. that's just what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. And then most nouveau, nouveau shamanic. That's hard to say. It is. Because we already did the how eating. he eats. It, we did that in yeah, a previous it wasn't, episode. It, it wasn't as explicit in this one as it was in um, Peggy Sue. Yeah. The way he eats. You think it's how he threw the table? Yeah. He really chucked that table. You could tell that Cher was afraid. A little scared. <laughs> or, so, like, or the fact that he wanted to talk like a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so let's. Or let, that he threw a chair at somebody. Yeah, so it's between throwing furniture and wanting to talk like and a wolf. Yeah. So it's a, one of those. Pick one. <laughs> and uh, let's see. So that is okay. That's all of our um, awards. awards. Yeah. Where are we ranking this one? Mm. I would say probably middle of the pack somewhere. I would say so too, because his performance was pretty cagey. Mm-hmm. For a rom- like for a romance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Racing with the Moon, Best of Times, Raising Arizona, Birdie, Valley Girl. Valley Girl, The Cotton Club. I think this is better It's better than The Cotton Club. Valley Girl was pretty Nick Cagey, so I think that's got to I think it's got to go below. Between Cotton Club and Valley Girl? Yeah. Yeah. Peggy, yeah, because after Cotton Club, they all start getting actively offensive. Like Peggy Sue got married, <laughs> um, Rumblefish, and the Boy in Blue. Oh. So, and I left out Fast Times. Fast Times, we just stuck in there somewhere because um, he's not really in it. But that we one's really not actively movie. offensive. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Between Valley Girl and Cotton Club. Cotton Club. So that makes it one, two, three, four, uh, five. So sixth out of eleven so far. That's fair. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think it'll end up towards the bottom i think there will be a lot more that we'll put above it yeah well i I don't know because he's got a lot of bad movies in in his career yeah but the movies might be bad but if his performance is cagey enough it's gonna go toward the top that's why raising with the moon is still up there (laughs) racing what did i say raising Raising. oh god there's too many Arizona, racing with the moon Uh, and then what is fast times and best of times best of times yeah 
All right. Well, I think that's going to just about do it. So next week, we are going to watch the one and only Vampire's, <laughs> Vampire's Kiss. Kiss. I'm a vampire. I'm, I'm a vampire. vampire. He And he is excited to film it, so I'm excited to watch it. Fantastic. I've put this off for too long. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. All right. So now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. <laughs>